What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. I'm Evan Grant. Guy across from me is Barry Horn, strong and silent type, minus the strong. Uh, and we are joined now on the Ballsy College podcast by ESPN's Ian Fitzsimmons, who can run down a lot of stuff for us this week. What, what are we talking about, Barry? Ian, I just want to bring something up. Ian, of course, used to be on uh, a host on 103.3 uh, ESPN locally, and, and now he's gone on the big time. Ian, you have a better, you have a better job than Evan or I, because you, you do a podcast with Kirk Herbstreet. And where, where do you do that from? Uh, I actually do it from my, my home. Yeah. Uh, I walk up my back steps. And you and I talked about this. Yes. And the look on your face when I told you, you were like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, they, they built a, a little studio uh, in my back house. And I just walk up my back steps, put a headset on, uh, and push a button. And it sounds like I'm live from Bristol. That's where I do my radio show every night with uh, Freddie Coleman and that's why I do the podcast with Herbie from. Uh, it's it's a dream setup, uh, but you can get a little cabin fever every now and then. You got got to get out and about. But you can't uh, do your uh, sideline reporting from there, can you? <laughs> if you can, if you can, <laughs> I want your job. Hey Barry, because you you also know how much I hate to fly, and I have to fly every weekend to a college venue or, or and sometimes an NFL game also. Um, and if, if I could figure out a way to be able to do uh, field work from my home, uh, believe me, I would try and do it. But we do have people living in space, so there must be a way for me to go ahead and tap into all three you know, uh, aspects of my job and, and, and not leave the chair that I'm sitting in right now. What was the conversation like uh, when you and Kirk Herbstreet started your podcast and he wanted top billing on the, uh, on the name of the podcast, <laughs> Herbstreet and Fitzsimmons? At, F comes Very original name. Very original. You're F- creative with that. F comes before H, doesn't it? Shouldn't it be like Abbott and Costello? Hey, look, man. All I do on that thing is keep it out of the ditch uh, because uh, that, it's not like game day. I mean, the makeup's off, the tie's off, uh, and uh, it, it's it, 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 we get serious when, when oh, we're kind of serious. When uh, we have guests on, whether it's Baker Mayfield last week or, or Dabo Sweeney this week. Um, but outside of that, you know, because we did a radio show together for years when uh, we were both in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and we every now and then we have to kind of re- kind of bring ourselves back in, and you fall into that trap of you know, kind of you're fe- feeling like you forget almost like you're on air, and it feels like it's just a conversation between two friends. And it's wait, 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 wait hold on, uh, we got to back that up a little bit. Hang on now, we're getting a little off the rails. So it, 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 it's a blast, man. And he, he's just a good dude. He, he's a he's a, he's just a, a good human being to put up with my sorry butt. So. Believe me, that dude gets top billing every single time. I'm just happy to come along for the ride. All right, I, there's some actual Big 12 football to talk about, Ian. Um, uh, just get it. 
what kind of statement do you think TCU made this week, or what kind of non-statement do you think Oklahoma State made? I, you know, I'm all about giving credit, man. I, 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 you know, it happens so often. Whether I like take, you know, the Raiders in Washington, in the NFL. Everyone's wondering what happened to the Raiders. Well, how about complimenting what Washington did? You know, and that's the exact same thing here. I'm all about giving credit to TCU and not wondering what happened to Oklahoma State. TCU went in there with not a chip on their shoulder, but a bleeping boulder. They had an edge and a grit about them, not wondering if they could win, but knowing they could win. And Kenny Hill, you know, was caught, collected. He's, he's at his best when he doesn't have to improvise because he has the athletic ability to be remarkable when he does have to improvise. But sometimes, instead of making a bad play better, he'll make a bad play worse. That's something Baker Mayfield does remarkably well. Is he nine out of ten times he'll make a bad play better. Uh, but Kenny did not do that, you know, on Saturday, and he was absolutely fantastic. He relied on his running game. Darius Anderson was sensational, but it was also all about that defense because Mason Rudolph is a, an unbelievable quarterback. He has complete command of that offense, and he and James Washington are like peanut butter and jelly, man. They have a, a remarkable kinship and connection, and the TCU shut them down. Big Ben was fantastic. You know, that secondary was hunting. So I think TCU made a fantastic statement, a remarkable statement, that they are back. And right now, I would put them in my top four. I would have Clemson one. Alabama 2, Oklahoma 3, TCU number 4, Penn State 5, and then USC. And those last three are very, very close, but that was a very impressive win on the road against the top 10 team. You've beaten Arkansas as well, an SEC team, even though it would have helped TCU if Arkansas would have found a way to beat A&M. Uh, it would have been, made that win look a lot more impressive, even, even though Arkansas lost in overtime. But you, you do that on the road this early in the season. Remember, we're only through week four. But that was a very impressive performance by Gary, uh, Gary Patterson's bunch. So you, you would have two Big 12 teams That's in your top four right now? Right now I would. I don't think it's going to end up that way. But if we're, we're judging by – Well, it's, it, it can't. I mean, because TCU and Oklahoma have that well, date on it November can. 11th. It still can. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. I mean, they're, no, they play not, so late in the happen. season. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen in the end. One, they have to play each other. Then you have the title game. Right, right. So it's going to be process of elimination. But right now, as we sit on the entire body of work that we have seen so far, yeah, I'd have both of them in my top four. Who would you like in that game, in that first game? Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I like, man, what Baker Mayfield is doing. and It'd be close, close, man. But what he has been able to do has been nothing short of sensational. And I had Oklahoma in person against Ohio State uh, three weeks ago. And I didn't, I've didn't. i heard about C.D. Lamb. I had not seen C.D. Lamb play yet. And that guy wearing seven at wideout for Oklahoma is special. It's like, who the heck is D.D. Westbrook? This guy <laughs> does not have an attitude. I mean, he, he is grounded. And for a freshman, you, know, you kind of watch guys, the young guys, like Sam Ellinger when I had Texas a couple weeks ago at USC, and you're looking at their eyes. Like, if their eyes are as big as, you know, you know saucers for teacups, we're going to have a problem. Are you, are you, are you just going to name drop teams that you've, that you've had already this season? I'm just rubbing it in here for you, Barry. I mean, I'm Thanks. just, I'm just, I'm just trying, trying to needle, Bubba. Trying to needle. I was, I, I, was, I was at the Baylor-Liberty game this season, okay? <laughs> 
So, in, all serious, in all seriousness, like, like Ellinger, it, it, that stage wasn't too big for him. I mean, and, and Bouchelle better be careful. He might get Wally Pipp. Uh, and then you have the C.D. Lamb, you're at the horseshoe. That, that's college football holy ground to the Highlander. And he has this look about him like, bring it on, man. And, and, and I think it, they, a lot of those guys feed off of Baker because he is not one. He, he, he is a fiery leader. He, he was jawing with the Ohio State fans, and he didn't start it. They started it with him. And by halftime, he would had enough. They're talking about his mom and this and that. I mean, he was really over the top, especially toward a, a collegiate athlete. He turned around to them, and when you want it, you got it, Mother Roos, and just went off. And after every touchdown in the second half, he's going right back to those fans and giving it right to them. Like, you like that one? I got another one coming for you. And C.D. Lamb is sitting there just going, absolutely. This freshman sermon is a man-child. They didn't recruit that guy. They spawned him in a lab. I mean, he is a physical specimen. So it's at Oklahoma. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, November second weekend of November. November eleventh. Yeah. yeah, TCU Oklahoma in Norman because it's in Norman, and that true freshman is going to get that much better. I'd give the edge to Oklahoma, but I tell you what, that's one game I would go pay to see. But that is that is also the week after the battle. And that obviously is going to be emotional, without a doubt. But, man, when TC is going to roll in there with maybe one loss, I mean, it's, they're going to have Oklahoma's attention. There is no doubt about it. And I understand that's a good point, Evan, about the week after Bedlam. But, you know, when you're playing around Robin and you have a team that's going to be highly ranked coming in, uh, they'll be focused. And, by the way, Lincoln Riley is, is remarkable. I, I had my questions about whether he could – handle calling plays and managing a game, watching him on the sidelines manage that game and, and, and just his attention to detail with his defense, with special teams, uh, and calling plays, that man is a star on the rise. He's worth every penny. He's not even on the rise anymore. He's, he's probably there. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. He's, good but point. but he'll, he'll really impress me when he starts calling defenses as well. <laughs> But he's he's phenomenal. C.D. Lamb came out of Richmond, Texas, which is really Houston. Uh, how, how do they do that? How do they do that time and time and time again? They take guys out of the state of Texas, and, man, they don't just take guys. They take great guys. You know, and, but it's been fewer than, than it has in the past. I mean, when you, when, you look at, when you look at their roster. But as far as Lamb goes, you're right. I mean, that was one where, and again, I'd heard of him, but you, you, you can't believe the hype until you see it, and that dude is worth the hype. I mean, he is, and I, he, he is he's special. And that's when he started to become, an, he's a name now in Big 12 circle, but I think by November, after Bedlam, after that TCU game, he is going to be one of those guys that the entire country knows about. He's special. Since you've told us you've already seen Texas, and you saw the Texas-USC uh, game, correct? Okay, uh, give me give us a quick assessment of Tom Herman and the job you think he will do there, or the job he's done thus far. His attention to detail is remarkable, uh, and he does not let one minute go unaccounted for uh, when it comes to a work day. Uh, the players absolutely love him, uh, and he's one of those guys that just thrives on competition. You know, when Ellinger came in and played as well as he did later in the game, because in, in early on you could tell that. He was a little amped up. I mean, even in pat and go and warm ups, he was airmailing a few, and that's going against air. 
Uh, if people don't know what pat and go is, I mean, that's just when you're warming up and you get the football from the GA, the grad assistant, Pat. You're just throwing fly routes to wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, going up the boundary. Uh, and he was airmailing guys then. So he was a little wound up. But as, the, but as the game went on and the closer it got, he got better. The bigger the moment, the better he was. And, and especially in the fourth quarter and overtime, he was absolutely sensational. So, and that defense showed up. I mean, because like, they have been softer than Charmin. I mean, Paper Mache was offering more resistance in the Texas defense. Uh, going back to that Maryland game, going back to last season. And they came in and were hunting uh, against the USC. And that is a very good offense. Now, you know, Sam Darnold didn't get a lot of help. I mean, Deontay Burnett and Steve Mitchell, two very sure handed wide receivers. They had seven dropped passes, including a touchdown. And people were talking about Darnold having an off day that day. Those people that said that obviously didn't watch the game. He was under duress a lot. The O-line didn't give him a lot of help. He had, as I mentioned, seven drops. He should have had over 450 yards passing, four touchdowns, one INT. Just one, because one of those, the Elliott pick six, went right through, I think it was, I think it was the Elliott pick six. It was one of those INTs. Went right through Mitchell's hands. Right. Uh, so... You know, but having said all of that, still that front seven, uh, you know, really showed up, uh, led by Ford, and just played their tails off uh, against again one of the best quarterbacks you know in, in all of college football. So Texas is getting better. I think the bye week coming off an emotional loss like that, even though some people could call it the old Galloway loss win, right? Because they did. I mean, they they, they proved that all right, we're getting better. That I think the bye week was perfect because they were able to. You know, wallow in some misery for a moment, and then refocus, and, and now get ready for their stretch run, which begins this weekend. I think they're at, at Iowa State. So Texas is getting better, and Tom Herman is uh, his, again his attention to detail is remarkable. And now, as I mentioned, he thrives on competition. That is going to be, I think, almost a weekly battle between Ellinger and Bouchel to see who's quarterbacking and running that offense. And he slipped in a Joey Galloway reference there. I heard. <laughs> Did I? I, I, I thought you said a Galloway lost. Was Galloway <laughs> lost win? Was it Joey or Randy? <laughs> uh, that'd be the old man. That'd okay. be the old man, not Joseph Scott. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was Joey Galloway. Oh, okay. I don't think it was Joey Gallo either. <laughs> um, uh, Ian, so here we are. We're we're a month into the season, um, and really, the only thing anybody cares about is who's going to end up being in the title game. And guess what? Uh, that's why Bedlam was moved up, and, and that's why we all, we know that it's going to be a rematch, obviously. Uh, and, I, and I still think it's going to be that game played on November 11th. Uh, I think it's going to be Oklahoma and, uh, and TCU. I think they're the best two teams in, in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's going to figure some stuff out. I mean, the mullet, which, by the way, that mullet is absolutely just majestic. It's glorious. Uh, but uh, that, that's, a, that's a good football team. But I just love the way TCU's playing with an edge right now. The question is for them – how are they going to handle success? You know, that's that's the big question mark. And again, they get a bye week now, and I think just like I was mentioning with Texas, they get instead of wallowing a little misery for a little bit and then refocusing, they get to enjoy that big win, and then coach gets to bring them back down oh, to earth. And know. believe me, Gary Patterson will bring uh, them back yep. to earth. Uh, well, I just want as long as I, I mentioned brought up Gary Patterson, what's the national perception of him, and why is he still at TCU? One, because he's the king of Camelot. I mean, he's built it, and why would you leave? You're making a boatload of money. Uh, you don't have immense pressure if you have a down year like last season. Uh, and you live in a great part of the country in a great town. 
you know, in a great city. So why would you leave, first of all? Uh, and coaches, that's open. what coaches do. Coaches leave. Coaches leave for X amount of dollars for a bigger program, whatever. That's, that's in their DNA. Right. The, the, the smart ones stay, and, and he's a smart one. Uh, he, he, he's built that thing. You know, we, we were talking to, uh, to Dabo Sweeney about that on, on, uh, on with, with, Herb, with Herb Street and I, and Kirk brought up the whole everyone always talks about when Nick Saban retires, you know, are you going to go back to your alma mammy? And uh, he's like, wait a minute. I love Clemson. I've been here 15 years. You know, I, I, we finally have – we've got this thing rolling right now, but he does have that thing rolling back-to-back natties, and he, and he beat his alma mater uh, last year. Why would, why would you – well, why would I leave? I mean, now, if they end up firing me at some point, somebody's going you know, a new AD, new president, whatever it might happen, uh, then, yeah, you got to consider something else. But, you know, he's built that thing. Gary's built that thing. Why would you ever leave? It's like when people wondered, would Nick Saban go to Texas? Why? Why would you go and rebuild something when you can get paid just as much money at Alabama and you built it? Yeah, but you're you're going to having to rebuild something. If if you go from TCU to Clemson or TCU to Alabama or TCU to Florida, you're going to get a a lot more money. I, I know he's paid well at TCU, but... The opportunity. There's no state income tax in Texas, as every, as every employer I've ever had has told me. <laughs> the opportunity to make a lot more money and to have a much uh, easier recruiting path exists at those other places. I, I, I do think that there's something to be said that Gary Patterson likes to be the underdog, and he likes to be the guy and the program that nobody really gives the quote-unquote respect to. And I think he likes to play that card, and I think it's worked well for him. It has, but also money doesn't make you happy. I mean, you, you give me $3.5 million, and I, I can be pretty damn happy. The guy has a, a, a free membership at Colonial. Uh, he doesn't have to pay for a stake anywhere in town. Uh, and he's, he's the king of Camelot. He's Arthur. I mean, just, be, just so $2 more million. I mean, how much money do you need, right, when you have – you don't have pressure on you. The only pressure you have is a you put on yourself from your focus group of one, that man in the mirror. That's it. I mean, you have a down year. It's like Dan Mullen in Starkville. You know, he has a down year last year. No one's calling for his head to be fired. No one's ripping the ever-loving bejesus out of him. No one's, you know, crushing his kids in school. Uh, it's like, well, we're going we'll to next year, Coach. And, but here, here's, you know, the, here's the question that I would, I would go back to on this is, how many national championships has he played for at TCU? Zero. And but, you know, hold on a minute now, Evan. But what was TCU well, before he got it rolling? I know Fran started it, but still, man. I mean, he, he's brought TCU to, when it oh. came into the Big 12, it, it took a couple of years oh, to look, I, get it rolling. I don't know that anybody does more with less than Gary Patterson does. Yeah. Um, so, and but, so, he's an so exceptional he's coach. Going to, I, I, I do believe, look, if he beats Oklahoma and I'm wrong, and he find, if he's a one-loss Big 12 champion, he's going to be right there in the mix for the college football playoffs. Like that, the, the playoff is the best thing that has happened to a school like TCU because you don't have to be top two. You've right. doubled your chances. And so you know, he's got one a heck of a football program right now. And barring injury, he's going to be – I think they're a top ten team. And depending on what happens in Norman and then the title game, because I think they, they are going to be in the title game. I think that's good. Like I mentioned, going to be a rematch of that November 11th tilt in Norman that he's got a shot. So you ask how many natties has he played for? Remember, let's keep focus here. This is TCU we're talking about. Ten years ago, you would you would be wondering 
Can they win double digits? Now they're competing for Big 12 championships. And when you compete for a Big 12 championship, you've got a, you've got a shot to get into the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's, that's where he's taking this program. So why would you go anywhere else when you're being paid millions of dollars and you don't have a ton of pressure to play for a national championship like you would at Alabama? or even, Hell, they were booing Clemson on Saturday. Did you see that? Yep. They were booing him. Dabo even said that he told his offensive coordinator, Coach Scott, man, we got some boos down here, boys. You believe this? I mean, you talk about losing perspective. Right. That's Clemson fans right now. So TCU fans, I don't think have lost perspective. You know, remember that where you once were and where Gary has taken you, and and that's one thing that I don't think they have lost. And if they're playing for a Big Twelve title, yeah, and guess what? Yeah, that means you're going to be in a position probably, unless the entire conference goes to hell in a handbasket, which it could. I mean, it is college football; crazy things happen, but. If they're a one-loss Big Twelve champ, you're gonna be in the conversation. I think the only one. I think the only one-loss Big Twelve team that has a chance at being in the playoffs is Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, um, I don't think that. If you ultimately- beat Oklahoma, hold on. If you beat them on November 11th, you only t- and, and TCU has. Let's say they stumble. Yeah, but if Texas. you if you beat Oklahoma on November 11th and Oklahoma then beats you in the Big Twelve championship game, it's all moot. And we got a lot of what ifs going on here, boys. That's the great thing about college football. But what if? And they beat Oklahoma twice. Okay. If I mean, they beat Oklahoma twice and don't lose a game, they'll be in. Yeah, I, 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 I would say that that's so true. There's, there's a, it's week four. Right, we're going to week five here. But if there, I, a I, lot of football left. Let's go back. Let's go back to this. This is this is the issue that so many Big Twelve schools have had. Well, in particular, TCU and Baylor have had in the past. They're not Texas or Oklahoma. They're not Texas or Oklahoma, and you look at you you look at the non-conference schedule, and Oklahoma sitting there having a win at Ohio State. TCU's non-conference schedule is Jackson State, SMU. That hurts them. What's that? That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. You know, I mean, the and and, and that's why I think TCU fans are huge Arkansas fans. You needed that win over AM. You need them to win to make that non-conference slate look better. And right, right. I'm participating on uh, uh, tomorrow in a mock college football playoff committee where Kirby Hocutt, Mr. Hancock, um, uh, and walk us through the entire process. It, it's gonna, it takes all day. We get there at 8 a.m. Like we're leaving around 4. And we, uh, we, we, go, we go in with our top 30 programs, and we are the selection committee. They take us behind the scenes. Myself, Stanford, Steve Coughlin, you know, Kevin Agandi, you know, in a, a panel of 12. And we go in and we go through the process. And I can tell you that in, in going over everything that we need to do to rank our, our top 30, strength of schedule is a huge factor mm-hmm. when it comes to who is in and who is out. When and you're, and, and so you're dissecting four, five, and six. Your so, signature non-conference win is still look winning in Fayetteville and, and and dominating that Arkansas team. That's a nice win, but at the end of the day, you're going to be having a win over what I think is a five or six loss team and a fired coach. And spoken like a dad who has a son at uh, Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, he's. I, I listen. This this past weekend, Nick went to the Arkansas A and M game, and my text to him was that. The loser of this game gets fired, and and I think that that will be the case. I think Bioma will will end up out at Arkansas this year. Um, I still don't know that something's a sure thing to last for to 2018 either. But that's your signature win, and and I, you're going to have if there's any conversation about uh, 
one loss teams. If you've got three unbeatens and one one and, and a bunch of one loss teams, you will, I can promise. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, we're dealing with a lot of other what ifs here today, guys. In this conversation, sure, but that's you what, will that's... not have you will not have three unbeatens. That is, you can just go ahead and and, and zap that. That's you... not going to happen. What if we had a podcast without what ifs? We wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> Al, does Alabama go unbeaten in your mind? Uh, they, I mean, look, from what we saw for that players only meeting, I felt I felt badly for Vandy going into that game because oh. whenever whenever Bama has a players only meeting, they're going to come out with like wearing enamel off of their teeth. I mean, just just angry, foaming at the mouth like crazed dogs. Uh, and if they keep that edge to them, which is when you think about the success they've had, and they play, they still play with an edge like that. That's that's, that's beyond impressive. But could I see them stumbling somewhere? Yeah, I could. Yeah, uh, I, I could see it in the SEC football. championship game. You know, oh. or, or Auburn. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean that LSU rivalry. Even though LSU looks awful right now, I mean, college guys. You know, these these still are, are, are young men, and some are still kids. You know, you have a bad day. It does happen. Like Oklahoma had a bad day against Baylor, still yeah. found a way to win, but it was <sighs> a bad day. Every team is going to have that. They're going to hit a ditch somewhere, and your B game just has to be better than whomever you're playing did, the A game. He, and he, and uh, again, you're going to win. He, did you hear how Evan snuck that in? They they could have a bad game again in the SEC championship game because Evan is a fan of the University of. Georgia. I'm simply stating facts here at this point. And, and, and he, he is living for the day that Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC. Uh, title. Well, right now, Georgia is the best team in the SEC East. I mean, in the, or in that, in that side, it's just so horrendous. I mean, if you're not, it's a problem. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I think Georgia's going to end up uh, in, in that spaceship known as the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, uh, you know, Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart have that defense playing well. Rom has been sensational. I mean, you talk about Wally Pip. Yeah, I feel badly for Jacob Eason because he's not getting that job back. This, this young man's playing. He, he's not playing like a freshman. Boy, he looks he looks really really good. Yeah, when you talk when when you brought up poise, the kid goes into Notre Dame and wins there, and and then uh, I think last week he didn't throw an incompletion until the third quarter. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm with you on that. The uh, is there anything else that we need to hit with you on college football this week? Any more what ifs we can go through? Uh, I, I think we've hit enough what if scenarios for the first month of the season. But, but we'll, we'll have you back. We'll, we'll promise to have you back in three or four hey. games, three or four weeks, and we could we could play the what if game again. I love I mean, the what I'm if worried. game. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, I, I, that's what college football fans do, right? Every single week, you're already looking ahead to. Look, look at us. We're, we're talking about November 11th, and we're sitting here. We're not even to October yet. Right. Uh, we're, we're, but I mean, we are looking much. For, we are looking forward right now to TCU Oklahoma. We're not looking as, at the Red River rivalry, and we're not talking that much about Bedlam. So, um, what it, if what if Texas beats Oklahoma? That was a what if. Uh, like I said, I saw them in person two weeks ago. That team is getting better, a lot better. Be careful. All right. Well, and by we, the way, the Big Twelve needs Texas. To be better, because I still believe this is a conference built on a foundation of sand. They need Texas back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, you're over. I guess you're over home in East Dallas, uh, looking out at, at the beautiful scenery there. We thank you for being with us. It was it was a pleasure, 
and uh, you were really good, as you know you were really good, which only, yeah, means, yeah, yeah. Which only means one thing. We're going to have you back. Hey, anytime. I always enjoy it, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much. See you guys. All right. There goes Ian Fitzsimmons. He has a couple of opinions, doesn't he? He's a, he's a pretty opinionated guy. Everybody's got opinions, Barry. What if we had somebody on who didn't have opinions? We've had that before. We did? Um, uh, you're going to go back to the worst podcast we've ever had, aren't you? Which one was that again? Oh, come on. It was an NFL podcast with an ESPN personality. Oh, that's right. Who the well, really we won't even mention his name. Yeah. Sources tell me. League sources tell me. League sources tell you. So um, he really didn't have any opinions that he wanted to share. That, not that he wanted to share, but Ian was terrific. And I, I saw him out at, at uh, I want to say, always say Valley Ranch. I saw him out at the Star one day, and we kind of reconnected. And I knew at that moment we had to have him on the podcast. Um, we may have to make a rule um, the next time he appears, though, that we can't refer to the national championship as game natties. as natties. Um, that might that that might be a little bit too jargony for me, but but he was good. He was good. He know and, and he knows his stuff. Uh, he's still not the most opinionated college football guest we've had. And who would that be? I believe that would be the great Tim Brando. Tim, oh Tim, oh how could I forget? Tim Brando has an opinion on, on if you told him Tim today is Tuesday because today is Tuesday, he would have an opinion on that. And he could probably convince you that it was Wednesday. You know, no, no doubt about it. And and but I, I think uh, Ian's right up there with Tim. Not, I'm still having Tim number one because Tim has been a repeat performer. But Ian would be in my natty game. <laughs> in your, in He'd your, play for the natty against against, against Tim Brando? Brando. Yeah. Wow, two kind of SEC guys with SEC roots. That that's pretty, pretty way. Absolutely. Pretty much the way the world works. Absolutely. Uh, Barry, you have anything else for us today? You, I I, I, I want to say you've done a tremendous job. You booked guests this week. You you. I always book guests. You you killed it with uh, your co-hosting duties. It's it's been a big week for you. Can I come back next week? Yes, you can. So by being, pass by getting a what did I get a ten on the Evan Grant scale? What does Adrian Beltre get on your scale? There's not a scale for Adrian Beltre. So he, he's a 10 plus. Yeah. So do I get at least a six? I give you a six. What does Ruggio adore? I just want to know. This year it's not been good. Okay. No. All right. Well, I, I think we should sign off because although Kevin Sherrington was not with us for the three podcasts today, the Ranger podcast with Evan Grant. Have the, you heard from him? Are we meeting the, him for the, lunch? The, well, I'm going to get to that. The, pro, the Cowboy podcast with Moose Johnson and uh, the – podcast we're on now with Ian Fitzsimmons, Kevin did text earlier and said he wanted to go to lunch. Well, I'm waiting to hear back from him. I don't know if well, he's, he's in a pl- he's on a plane now. Is that, a, is that a ding from him? No, it's from my wife. Oh. She wants to know why I'm mad at her. Why are you mad I'm at her? I'm not mad at her. I just had to get out of the house this morning, and she was like, I, 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 where are you going? And I was like, honey, where I got the going? podcast. Where are you the, going? I got it's, podcast duties. It's I got Tuesday roll. morning. I know. Because we always we we're a, we're a pod phenom on Tuesday mornings. Phenom is a key word. Uh, no, I'm not mad, Gina. I'm not mad at you. Does she? Will she believe you? Or she said, "No, I know you really." Do are. Do you think Gina's going to make it this far into any one of our podcasts? Has she not? Isn't it mandatory listening in your house? Don't you get the whole family together around the table? I think just mandatory clicking, and once there's any voices... Is is that how the clicks work? I have no idea, Barry. I don't know either. But anyway, this has been a tremendous day. Evan, you were terrific. You you, you weren't on your uh, laptop the whole time. You were engaged. I loved it. I loved being here with you. 
Will you marry me? <laughs> no. Uh, but thank you for the offer. All right. And let's uh, hopefully Kevin will have landed here in the next few minutes and we can go and uh, meet him somewhere and greet him on uh, his return home. You should read Kevin's column. Uh, on, he, was, he was in Arizona last He was night. in Arizona. Glendale. He wrote about how the Cowboys handled the national anthem situation and the protests. Uh, it was a very strong column um, in which I think Kevin, you know, presented a really good argument for understanding every side there no but, but no but nobody's buying anything anybody says about that's true it. it's, yeah it's, it's either you, you you nobody wants to listen here we, we've been through that um evan this has been a long goodbye yeah it is uh i don't see i'm good at the bringing in of the podcast i'm not good at the taking out of the podcast let me show you how to take it out bye everybody goodbye thanks for listening to our college ballsy podcast Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.